Yes, people, what's happening? Welcome to another episode of The Realist Debates with myself, The Realist One, Jay. This is Lengman Joseph from Around the Ways, a.k.a. Joey Leng, a.k.a. Just Joey. Hi, I'm Barry, otherwise known as The Face in the Crowd. I'm Liz, a.k.a. also known forever as Liz. I also have an Instagram page called The BIPOC Bookcase, which you can find on, like I said, Instagram. So, yeah. Follow that up. Follow that up. So, people then, um, in a... Twist of events today, we're actually handing over the reins. So myself and Joey are not actually the hosts of this show. We guests. We're yeah. actually the guests. So we're we literally got the power. <laughs> hey. You guys. Let's go. Well, it basically has all come around um based on the Sarah Everard uh case. And we kind of just wanted to have a conversation about what it's really like to be a woman, uh, the things that we go through, the safety issues, the sexism, everything. And we just wanted to get your guys' opinion on that and get a real like male perspective. So hopefully it's gonna be an interesting one. It absolutely will be interesting. And you know, there's a lot of stuff after that unfortunate case just about how men can be better allies to women and I think for us to find out how that can occur we need to just do a deep dive on these two volunteers hopefully they won't hate it essentially like you know sexism it occurs because of the you know, negative treatment or viewpoints that sometimes men can have subconsciously or consciously mm. um, about women and we want to just find out where you know, where does it start? I'm not saying you guys are sexist and you know how we can be better. And, you know, after Sarah ever occasion, you know, we looked at, I looked at some stats and, you know, the office of national statistics said in 2020, um, there was 2.3 million um, individuals who said they experienced domestic um, abuse or violence. And 1.6 million of those were women, 757,000 were men, but that means over double um, of those incidents were um, by essentially people who identify as women or, you know, are, you know, cis and female. So I really want to explore like, you know, that issue as well. And also as well, like when I looked at the DA um, cases, it actually said a lot of the abuse wasn't always sexual. It was actually non-sexual violence, which included emotional abuse, financial mm. abuse. And there's so many ways that sexism and abuse plays out and um, between that male, female gender dynamic. And we just want to have a deep dive with you guys, really. We're, we're I'm so excited. <laughs> Let me just throw a disclaimer out there as well. Like, yeah. obviously, myself and Joey are going to be as honest as possible. It's the realist debate. So we're going to give our perspective from our own point of view. And then we're also going to try and broaden it and give a man's perspective. Now, another disclaimer, we don't speak for all men, mm-hmm. but we're just going to try and give you guys maybe an insight on how a man would think generally so yeah absolutely and i think our main aim is to get the unconscious views to make it more conscious because it's going to be people men who are going to watch this and be like wow like i've held these views previously or Mm, i kind of still do and you know how can i be better to and support women and be real you know allies as opposed to performative ones so we're going to start with you two Mm -hmm. 
Lovely. Yeah. Okay. No, no pressure, guys. No pressure. All right. Jamie, you've been a bit quiet. Are you okay? Straight for the headshot. <laughs> wow. Okay. Ankle graze. No, I'm just, I'm just ready. Uh, I'm no. ready. Yeah. yeah, ready to speak. Should we My. kick it off? Yeah, before yeah, we can really say where you guys are at now, we've got to look mm. at where you were. So mm. initially, you know, something that me and Valerie were talking about was growing up, what messages did you have about that, about women and that gender dynamic? Like what were you taught? Like from your parents, from your aunties, from so, yeah, teachers? I, I, can, I can kick that one off. Um, I've always been respectful to women. and I'm That's actually, a lie. Not that's a lie. Is it? Why is it? Come on, be real. You've always, from birth, been respectful okay, to women. Listen to where I'm coming from. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, wait, I'm not saying I haven't been disrespectful, but my general outlook towards women is respectful. Reason being is that I was raised. By a single mother. Mm. So, what does that mean when people say that? I know this is what yeah. guys love to say, and I was raised by. No, I'm not dissing you. No, no, no. no. <laughs> say what you but, need to say. Do you know what? Guys will always come with this all the time, especially if like you're dating or whatever. Like, oh yes, I'm. A, I was raised by a single woman, and my aunties were great. So you are. I'm a great guy. I think every man has said that to me. Every mm. well, absolutely. Like. And it doesn't really mean anything because they still, still cheat, still like. I'm still on the floor, floor crying over yeah, there, boy. Still, like, exactly. It's very subjective, by the way. And well, also, of course, mm-hmm. of course. It but is. We, you asked us to give our experiences. That's like, Well, I was, yeah, just telling my story of how <laughs> I feel in general towards yeah. women, which is obviously, like you guys have heard probably a thousand times, I grew up with a single mum. So, yeah, when you're in that situation, you see the struggles a woman Mm. goes through. Um, So I've always had the mindset that I couldn't grow up with a single mum and then inflict pain onto women because I've seen it happen to my mum. So I've seen my mum cry. I've seen my mum get hurt. I've seen a lot of different situations. God rest her soul. So for me, that's, where my general thinking has come mm. from is that, yeah, I've been raised with a single mum. So I couldn't grow up and then inflict pain towards women. You yeah. sound like Jesus, man. Is he your brother or something? <laughs> like, like, wow, you're out here dying for sins. Like, well, I'm just giving my perspective. So, so you've never, because I think like what we're trying to say <clears> is that <throat> no one's perfect and we've all had to go through learning, like, mm. do you know what I mean? To be the people, mm. the amazing people that we are today. And allegedly, well, I'm about myself. I'm sure you're awesome. But I'm saying like, obviously you, you saw your mom. And what mm. I find sometimes is that it's very much like when it comes to my family and my sisters and my family, like, you know, I ride, die, I ride and die. I'm very respectful. But when it comes to the gal, them or other people that are not related or that are not close friends, people have made mistakes. Like we're all human. We've made mistakes in that. <coughs> well, on yeah. top of that, a bit more background is mm. that I did grow up with a single mum, but mm from the age of 15 is when my sister came along. Mm -hmm. So it was me, my mum, and my sister. So I was living with two women. Mm. Um, So my sister now, 21, um, I'm always thinking of her, her safety, Mm. how guys are perceiving her. She's a very good looking woman. Mm. Do you you know what I mean? So I'm already on high alert as a brother, an older brother that grew up with a single mum. So my perspective is always, okay, it could happen to my sister. Mm. So that then opens it up to, 
if something happens to a woman, I then think that could have been my sister. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I always have that relation where I can always put someone live that's now active in my life Absolutely. into that position. And yeah, if it's more often than not something horrible, I wouldn't want that to happen to my yeah. sister. So yeah, that's, that's my perspective. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> my pleasure. My pleasure. Sorry for ripping your head off. Yeah. That's all right. You know. Still attached. Setting the pace. We're setting the pace. Just about. Set the pace from now. Yeah, how to how to Joey. You have to remind me what the question was. Again. <laughs> was there, who, where did I learn my teachings from, right? Yeah. Like what, yeah. What's your yeah. perspective yeah. on yeah. the young teachings. age? Yeah. About mm. women and that relationship. Yeah, so I think um, similar to you, Jay, oh. I grew up single mum, but mainly I grew up with my mum my aunt and my grandma. Um, so what I'd say is I naturally grew up to respect them and other women. However, there was a big um, dissociation between women and girls mm. my age. Mm. And I think a big, big thing is a lot of what I was learning in terms of how to treat um, my female counterparts or my peers is a lot of learned behavior that I was learning from Mandem. Yeah. And like older Mandem, especially mm. as well. Um, and I think because where normally I was quite a, still quite like a little bit of a quiet child and whatnot, um, especially seeing how certain men would move to girls mm. and seeing, well, at that time, <coughs> I'm seeing it as, wow, well, my man got the number. Mm. All right, that's how I'm asked to move now. Yeah. It's a little, it's <coughs> out of my wheelhouse mm. because naturally like I suppose I talk to like my mom and dad in a different way but I'm seeing these men talk like this or act like this and they're getting a certain yeah. way like what exactly then, please elaborate for people but like, yeah so you know certain things that at the time you see it as oh yeah being like strategic but looking as an older person I was like nah that's cornering someone it's like ch- almost chasing someone into a maze so like one example is you know the you kind of move to a girl on road Mm. And then it's the, like, what's your number? And it's a uh, calling a number straight there. What? You mm. gave me a fake number. Like, oh, what, what's, yeah, like, what's going on? That. Like seeing things like that, I didn't see it as, oh, she's feeling a type, like she naturally didn't give the number because it's not that, but she doesn't know how to say no. Mm. I saw that as, wow. He, even like he objection handled that mm. quite well. Mm. Yeah. I might need to try that next time. Yeah. And then, now I'm doing it, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of my learned behavior, it definitely came from naturally what everyone else was doing. Um, so everyone was pretty much copying everyone's behavior when mm. it came to um, how they treated women mm. or yeah. kind of girls back then. So for me, there was definitely a big difference between how I treat kind of older women mm. in comparison to girls my age or around my age. But what do you think women were? Thank you for sharing. Like, what mm. did you, because you know, when we were younger, it was like, oh, I'm going to get married at 25. You know, he's going to come on the horse. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I'm, out the I'm still waiting like, for that. Hey, like, I am a, he said, we can waiting for this. Anyway, exactly. Yeah. But I just wondered, you know, what were your views on women? Like, I mean, obviously, please correct me if I'm wrong, but with the younger you, Joey, sounds mm. like you saw women as a bit of a, a commodity, like man, try and get numbers. Like, do you know what I mean? Are these reciprocal yeah. beings that needed to, I mean, re- receive whatever you're giving mm. before you saw them as whole people? Obviously, as you grew up, would you say that's true? Or how, what do you think of women? Like they're there to bang, mm. they're there to, they're annoying, <laughs> they're emotional. Like when you were 15, the 15 year old Joey, and same for you, Jay, the 15 year old Jay, like what mm. were your, 
specific thoughts about yeah, women. Me, pretty much what you said. Mm. Like, more time I'd spend time with Amanda and chilling mm. and whatnot. And the only time you'd really spend with the opposite sex was to try and beat. Yeah. Um, and beat for those who aren't in the is, know. Is to try and fornicate with them. Don't worry, dating, we are yeah. going to be coming up to <laughs> fornication. For, for, fornicate, <laughs> population, whatever you want to call it. Population, like, more po- po- mm. Population. <laughs> um, but yeah, like that, that was pretty much the process back mm. then. But then what I would say as well is there was probably like a small pocket of girls that would, you'd be like, yeah, they're cool, man. They're blessed. But you'd always say for a girl. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. So even then you're still kind of boxing them mm. in a way. Okay. How about you, Jay? Um, for me, uh, I've always, I know you're going to get into relationships, mm. but from Joey's kind of, young experience with women compared to mine is a bit different because I've always literally been in long-term relationships. Um, so I think I've been in four, I'm 36 now. So on average, all of them have been like four years. Mm. Um, How long have you been in this one? So my, this, you're the love of your life, the the one. Yeah. (laughs) I've been in my relationship now, um, like, a year and a half. Okay, so she's got another, what, two and a half if we get to the four-year mark? No. Oh, yeah. I don't think like that no, personally. No, I try and see yeah. the the end goal, you know, in every relationship I've been in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so for me, I wasn't really on this, like, getting different, different girls. Mm-hmm. Um, because even at a young age, like I said, growing up with my mum, I wanted what my mum didn't have yeah. at that time. So mm. I could see the pain it was causing. And I've always said that I want to just, yeah. you know, eventually when I do settle mm. down and have kids, like it's going to be one woman get married. Yeah. I don't want multiple baby mums. Yeah. I know it sounds bad, but that's what sound I've, bad. It doesn't sound sound bad. I've always said that. No, so, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, very rare. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I just wanted to say, like, obviously we talk about like, you know, both coming from single parents, mm. female um, led. I just wondered more about um, the men in your life. Maybe it's uncles or peripheral, maybe father figures. What did they, when you were younger, teach you about gender and women and... Directly or indirectly. Yeah. Mm. Right. Shall I kick that one off? Um, for me, yeah, I need to think on my answer yeah. um, quite carefully. Well, I can say again, like I can only speak from my own perspective, Absolutely. and I'll say it straight. My dad, to me, is a dickhead. Mm-hmm. So after seeing in the early years, I don't remember too much what he put my mum through. I was always using him as an example that I didn't want to be like. Mm-hmm. So it was yeah. kind of a reversal where I was like, "Yeah, he's a prick. Like I mm-hmm. don't want to be nothing like him." Mm-hmm. And seeing what that obviously the pain it caused my mum, etc. Um, so yeah, I use my dad as a template as a man I don't want to be like. He's actually a very successful businessman, mm. but take that a- apart, he's still a waste man when it mm. comes to his kids. Because I have a brother as well. Mm. So we both have a bit of a similar story. Mm. Um, so yeah, moving on from that again, um, any relationships my mum got into, the men were quite respectful. Um, so, and I made sure of that, obviously, mm. as a son living mm. in the house, yeah. mm. you know, and I was on stuff when I was young. So, <laughs> although I was a kid, like, I would have stabbed the man in his sleep if yeah. I have to for my mum. Mm. Yeah. So, Absolutely. if I felt Quick that way, jobs. 
You know, <laughs> quick, quick stuffing. But um, so yeah, the men thankfully were respectful towards my mum, mm. which is something that was an example mm. to me. You know, my dad fled and done his thing, but men were coming in and being with my mum, knowing that, you know, she had two kids as well. Um, so that also showed me that, you know, there's chances, like people are accepting her. I knew my mum was great, mm. but people were accepting, uh, yeah. guys were accepting her for who she was, mm. you know? So for me, I had those kind of juxtapositions where my dad's a waste man to me and guys mm. are stepping in and stepping up and looking after my mum. Mm. And yeah, that was again, the examples that I had to go from. Yeah. Mm. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> you don't need to thank me. I'm here to share. So, yeah. yeah. Mr. Bits. <laughs> All right, over to you. Yeah, so with me, um, kind of male influences growing up. <laughs> yeah, zilch. Zilch. Um, my pups, I don't know. Um, Is he Nigerian? Yeah. Oh, people, man. Oh, let, me, let me talk to the village elders, man. We'll figure it out, man. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll talk after. We'll talk yeah, after yeah. Yeah, so pups don't know. Um, and so, so my kind of, whilst my family's big, a lot of them are scattered in different mm. countries. So there's not mm. many of us here. So it's only me, um, mum, aunt, um, grandma and my uncle. Um, but me and my uncle growing up, like we, we would talk and stuff, but we wouldn't really have deep combos mm. about certain things. It was very superficial. Um, so things we talk about is like TV, football, mm. things like that but not kind of life, any life lessons. Um, so in terms of, I suppose, how to treat women, I didn't really get that from him. And similarly, I didn't really see him like with anyone as a demonstration of this is how you treat a woman. Um, but saying that, to be fair, um, my mum was in a long-term relationship um, whilst I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So I, I got to see like a demonstration of that and kind of me and her boyfriend at the time really got on like, me and him, we still talk now. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I think, yeah, in terms of male influence, I didn't really see that mm-hmm. kind of in my family. A lot of what I saw was relationships on TV, what they look like. Mm-hmm. And that can be pff, any ranging from good to et- bad yeah. or whatever it on is. On average, what was it? Literally like anything. Like by night things. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, yeah. or it could be, you know, where they're trying to show you a storyline, like of, for example, domestic abuse. Mm, but yeah. where I'm young, I'm just seeing just a guy who's whacking up a woman. I'm mm, like, whoa, yeah. what is that? What relationships? Mm. Like, that's what I'm getting from it. Mm. Um, so a lot of kind of the demonstrations I saw was either on TV or what was going on in the playground, um, or like after school mm. when men are kind of driving to the school and you're just seeing a little girl hop into the whip mm. and you're like mm-hmm. but yeah. even then I'm not thinking it got <coughs> to a sus- point it got to a mm. point when I was probably like 15, 16 where I'm like nice no, is sus because mm. even in my head I'm thinking Ugh. but mm. at the time when I was probably a little bit younger I'm thinking so I need a car. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm taking from it. All right, I need a car. Cool. I'm, I'm, I'm disregarding mm. everything else that looks sus. I'm just looking at, mm. right, these guys are successful. I need a notebook mm. and start doing what they're doing. Mm. And that's what it was. Mm. 
Mm. I just wonder. I mean, I guess I'm really fascinated because like my parents have been together since my mum was 14, and like they're still together now. Mm. I think they like each other still. It's all that. Maybe because of COVID, the divorce papers ain't gone through. I don't know. But no, <laughs> like they would go forever. So I find that. it. We found, and my dad was a very ever present father. Mm. Um, so you? I know, isn't it? Like, know, more so, even more so, my mum. My dad was very yeah. on his all five of his kids. Like, you mm. know, them Niger stereo. Yeah, I know. Well, do, you know what's, do you know what's funny? Yeah. When I used to hear people like that talk about having pups, I was like, wow, that is That's wild. Lit. What? Mm. what? You went park and kick ball with your dad? Listen, <laughs> wait, yeah. what? wait, what? Wait, 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 what? Your dad yeah. raised you. <laughs> <laughs> Swear to God, your dad raised you. Like, oh. even hearing things like that to me is just and I'm almost 30 to me that's mm. perplexing mm. like what dads they're dudes mm. sorry no mm. and I am exactly the opposite way around hearing like you know especially a Niger man not sticking around or mm. a man of colour not because that's all I've known so mm. but then in saying that there's, there's goods and bad from that because obviously my dad was very much um women should be doing this and they shouldn't be doing that. So there's positives and negatives of that as well. But I don't know about you very yeah, growing no. up. I mean, I was similar to the boys. I was like raised by my mom. My my dad left, had affairs. He's a bit of a gallist still now. It's <laughs> big age. Um, so I definitely had like had learned behavior that I just thought that you couldn't rely on men because yeah. they would walk out. They would like leave when something better came along. Like, they yeah they just weren't reliable and that kind of was also the same with uncles with like most of my friends parents were divorced so I just yeah I just thought that that's what happened and and that was kind of like a narrative my life then followed because I kept picking unavailable men like my dad Mm. Uh, but yeah here we are it's unconscious though and we don't know yeah yeah and you don't you don't realize till you start like like looking into things in like parenting and social work, they talk about something called the restorative script and a repetitive script. And the repetitive script is when you just, you're bound to repeat whatever you were shown growing up in your parenting or relationships, or there's the other version, which is the restorative script where it's like, maybe something like you kind of said, Jay, mm-hmm. where you've seen the negativity of what's happened and you want to restore that narrative by doing the absolute opposite of doing so. But I just wondered like from a theme that I'm getting, please correct if I'm wrong, is that, the relationship between men and women growing up was it was like women were opting something you can opt out of like a relationship with a woman you can opt out of I don't know um yeah I'll, I'll speak on that because although I did have the experience of my dad going and my mum being in a relationship with another man etc um it wasn't like a come and go thing mm. Until for me when I got more towards secondary school mm. so I'm talking from like a young age, like seven, eight, nine, you're, yeah. you're kind of just growing balls. Yeah. I mean, Liter- then going forward. <laughs> yeah. So you can't, from that age, for me, I was already seeing hurt and pain for my mum. Mm. So already I was trying to, like you say, restore that or be the opposite of that. Mm. But, um, yeah, in terms of the value that women had, I, I, I kind of think, it worked in reverse for me because as I got older towards secondary school and into secondary secondary school, sorry, that's when I started to see more mistreatment. Um, so obviously like Joey was referring to earlier, how guys were being successful with women. Um, and you do kind of look at that as a template. So for me, I think I grew up as a good one 
and then started seeing bad habits and bad behaviors that not necessarily I picked up myself, but I was thinking that was the way to be successful. So I think as I went through my teenage years, I started to think that women probably had less value. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I started off good and then I started picking up things that I thought were, were good things that yeah. were actually not because they seem so socially acceptable. Yeah. That's exactly what so, I was going to say. Yeah. It's, it is just so socially accept- acceptable. And we like, as women, we almost subconsciously, well, not even subconsciously, it's like I'm very aware of the fact that I feel like a second class citizen a lot of the time because we're not um, like prioritized. We're not, you know, respected a lot of the time. We, I know most women will feel that we're like objectified a lot of the time. And like there's, there's this fine balance between wanting to be found attractive, but also being respect, like respected. And yeah, it's, it's just really hard to know how to nav- navigate that as a woman because oh, it's almost like you want somebody to be like, Oh yeah, yeah, she's hot. But then, when they do that, sometimes it's like, oh, like that. Like, I, feel, I feel like dirty now. Like mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's really hard um, to to work through. So yeah, and it's not your fault. It's not any of our faults. We live in a patriarchal society that does impact men as well. It does impact women, and it's all about the male gaze. And I think we have to like reconcile that within ourselves. Like, of course, we want someone, a man, to say like, you know what, Liz, like you're alright, isn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah, of course, man. No matter how many books I read and whatever, I. Of course, you're a woman, but I think it's about us not um, giving away something of ourselves to get that attention. Yeah. Like, yeah. if, for instance, we, you know, well, I'm only wearing a short skirt because I want that attention. That's me giving away something of myself to get that male approval. Yeah. If I'm out here with my long ass down to my ankles and I'm still getting that, then that's up and anything wrong with wanting male attention. Is this what we're going to, are we going to give, what we're going to give away of ourselves to get that? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. Ooh. I think oh. like moving on from that, like and when you touched on clothes, mm. um, like I've had experiences where because of how I dress or whatever, when a situation has happened, like for example, I um was groped at work and when that happened, um Sorry to hear that by the way. Uh, yeah, mm. it, it was horrible, but I didn't I didn't want to report it to anyone because I felt like people would be like, well, Vary always wears like a skirt to work every day. Like she's always in a dress. Like mm-hmm. she wears a lot of makeup. She's always hanging around with like all the guys. Like, you know, of course someone's going to touch her up now and then. And it like literally took me about four days to report it because I didn't want everybody then to be talking about it. And it, then my character to be like assassinated. Mm-hmm. And Actually, when I did report it, like one of our senior managers like took me to one side and said that something similar had happened to her in in the workplace. And she was like, you know, I totally get it because I was the same as you because I like wear heels to work, wear a dress. Like I thought that everyone was going to be like, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. She's like, she's a bit of a hoe. Like, you know, she, she wants attention and it's, and it is, it was so uncomfortable and the guy did end up getting um, sacked. He was a contractor. So he just went like that day. Um, but these things happen in workplaces all the time. And two people saw it happen. 
and nobody stopped him. Nobody like said anything. Nobody like, yeah, they literally just watched him do it and then carried on with our work. Like it was on the office floor and, and it's, it's so mad. And like so many situations have happened to me as a female in the workplace that, yeah, it's, it's horrible. I once had a time where, um, my boss told me to sleep with a client, like to, to win the contract. He was like, Oh yeah. So this, this is the thing, like he really likes us, but you're a deal breaker. And I was like, sorry, what? And everyone in my, everyone in the meeting, didn't say anything. They just like looked at oh, me. Oh, like, this was in front of them. Yeah. Oh, fuck. there was other guys. Oh. I was the, the only female in the the meeting room, and everybody because they didn't want to challenge the director. Everybody just sat there, and I was like, "I'm not doing that." And they were like, "We'll just take him out for dinner and have a couple of drinks, and you know, blah blah blah." Named like a hotel. I was like, "I'm not going there because I'm not even going for dinner with him because I know that he's going to have the expectation that I'm going to have sex mm. with him." And I'm not going to do that. And then when I left the office, all the other guys were like, oh, Vary, that was so out of order. But nobody challenged it. Mm. And I guess like, obviously, I know you're a PT. I know you work like in an office. What we kind of wanted to touch on is, you know, have you seen situations like that? Like, what would you do in those kind of situations? And how do you think as men, you can support like women not not in like the most obvious way like if like do you think you would challenge it if if some if you saw something like that yeah 100 percent. why do you think men don't um again i can't speak for all men but i think it takes a certain mentality or a certain type of man to challenge challenge that behavior Mm. um what i'll also add to that is different environments. So for example, before I was a PT, like back in the day, I worked in sales. So like in an office kind Mm. of environment and in that environment, literally people were sleeping with each other. Yeah. Do you get what I'm Mm. saying? And it was the gossip in the workplace and it was socially acceptable. Like the people would walk past each other in the corridor. Everyone else would know that they'd slept together, but it wasn't a thing. Do you get what I mean? So certain workplaces, certain cultures of workplaces, that shit can fly. Do you get what I'm saying? If I was in that situation and I saw a woman in front of my eyes get groped, Mm. in terms of challenging it, actually, let me come again. I don't know if I would challenge it there and then on the spot, but I would have words with that guy, like maybe not there and then in front of everyone and hot him up like that. But I'd say, yo, bro, let me check you in the staff room real quick. like. Mm. What was that? You, like I'd, I'd question his behavior still because, yeah. again, that's in a place that I work in. And, again, I think of my sister at yeah. work. And if a guy done that to her, I'd be straight at her workplace. So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's, so, it's so mad, though, because these instances happen so often and it is never challenged. Like, uh-huh. So I can appreciate, obviously, both of you would be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we challenge it, but actually in reality, I've never been in a situation where I've been objectified and anybody's 
done anything. Not once. Can I ask you a question in relation to that? In regards to your peers at work, I don't know how well you got on with them, but do you think in a, in an amongst those guys, there was a guy that was able to challenge that guy? Definitely. But again, going on further from that, are they friends, for example? Why do they have to be friends? No, I'm, yeah. I'm just trying to, because from a guy's perspective, it's easy to see your brethren do something and let it slide. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Especially in a work environment where it could be one's a team manager, one's a sales rep, but they're still type brethren. So if the sales manager does something questionable, his sales rep might not want to even yeah. report it because that's his manager at the end of the day. So he knows possibly even mentioning that or going above to HR, for example, his job's on the line. Yeah. So he might have wanted to. And that's why I'm asking you in regards to the characters that you actually mm-hmm. work with, because I know what I would do in that situation. But again, I, I don't know. And I know guys, for example, that I've worked with that would just turn a blind eye to it. Yeah. So, but the bro coach arc, the bro <laughs> coach arc, you know, you talk about, oh, like, if that's a friend, like, what are they? It mm. shouldn't matter. Like, morals are morals, decency is decency. And do you know what I'm saying? And it's more about, less about if that's my friend, is that, it's more should be more about, is that somebody I want to continue to be friends mm-hmm. with? And you know what? Um, Navari just really shared. Um, there is a charity called Rights for Women and mm. um, they have like a sexual harassment line. And I mean, they have like a harassment line and 44% of the people that called up that harassment line in 2020 was because of sexual harassment within the workplace. Mm -hmm. And from their research, they found that 2% of people that called up um, had actually been raped by a colleague and Mm -hmm. about 3% of the women that called up had also been stalked by colleagues in the workplace. So it's a big issue. And I think, you know, when you say that you would, you would challenge it by calling that person to the side, like in advocacy, we use it a lot more in racism. We have something called calling in and calling out. And sometimes people feel like when you see something of negativity is going on, you um, call in as in like you take a person to the side and say, look, this ain't right. And then there's calling out where you call them out in public spheres. And personally, mm. I think there's too much calling in because of the bro culture and so forth and less calling <coughs> out. And I think yeah. you need more calling yeah, out. Yeah, no, definitely. You need to be shamed in public. Because because, yeah. If, if people know that it's going to be like challenged and everyone's mm. going to like see it there and then, like then they're less going to be less likely to do it. Like as a woman, I should be able to feel safe to go to work and not have somebody like putting his hand on my ass, like, mm. or telling me to sleep with someone mm. or putting his arms around my waist when I'm like washing a dish mm. in, the, in the sink. Like that, wh- why does a man think that that is okay? Why does a man think that he has a, a right to claim or touch my body without even speaking to me or, or really acknowledging me. And I just think if we were much more, even as, as women, if we called it out more often, maybe men would do it less. Like and men, it's not only just as women. The ownership be on the woman as the victim to be calling it out. It should be anyone in that vicinity, including males. And the reason why is because of the patriarchal society. Women are commodified. We are told we need. We are there for entertainment for the man for the male gaze. So when that <coughs> happens, whether people want to admit it or not, subconsciously this is the order of law. Like yeah. of course, a woman's ass can be grabbed in any setting because we're men. And we have we hold more power. Yeah. 
Mm, I think, sorry, just to jump in no, and just to do. kind of touch on some of what everyone has said, mm. I think the one thing we need to realize is a lot of the time, the men that are in those spaces or witness these things, they don't even think anything's wrong no. with the actual Mm-mm. act that's happened. So I know in your specific instance, they came to you afterwards mm. and they said that was out of order. Yeah. It just shows it could be a mixture of things. But I, sorry I to interrupt you and I love to interrupt people. I'm sorry. Mm. But you know, you said that there's some people that some men who believe that what would have happened is wrong, is, isn't wrong. How can you not from a human decency, like we're out here getting paid, like I'm not getting mm. paid using my banani. Why is it okay to expect a woman to seal the deal with her body? Mm. Well, shouldn't that at this stage of where we are in society, shouldn't everyone know that is wrong? Like, are you saying there's men out there that still believe it's okay to ask a woman to use her body to seal a deal? Yeah. Okay. Because clearly there is. Because yeah. someone, yeah. someone, someone asked Barry and mm. clearly no one responded off the back yeah. of that. So to some level, there are men that think, oh, what, what he said is calm, but... Is it they think what is calm? I'm sorry, no, I'm so, debating this. No, let, let, yeah. me just, let me actually just finish this Your point. sentence. Yeah, sorry. yeah. <laughs> because in this specific instance, they came to you and they said it was out of order. So I think it's not they didn't see anything. What they did see something wrong with it. It could be another a multitude of things. And again, I would have done something differently, but I can only guess as to what was going through their heads. Mm. Cowardice. Mm. Mm. Um, I think what some people do as well is I don't want to overreach myself if that person doesn't want to go further yeah. in some regards. Because similar to what you were saying in terms of oh, I'm going against the director. Mm. Like, what yeah. if I speak out? But then. Like Barry doesn't take it further, mm. and that's how some people think because yeah. we're, we're individualistic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in that scenario, I think that's probably what it was um, to uh-huh. some degree. But I don't, because obviously I don't know the the, the men in question. Um, but <coughs> clearly, they just didn't feel as though they could speak up, um, and that is a a big big problem because what what happens with that is it just enables your director, yeah, um, and I suppose kind of going back like a little bit um, to kind of now speaking about myself is I think of like other instances where I've enabled people that I know. So I think one example I kind of gave to you, like when we were talking a long, long time ago is, you know, there will be times where when I was younger, I'll be in a club and you know, when you're you're sipping your drink, I'm just behind like a a girl that I don't even know. Mm. And then, you know, like a random, like one of the man them or just a random guy will, tap her shoulder or tap her bum and run off. And then she's looking at me like, what, what are you doing? Mm. What? What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen that so many times. And even though I wouldn't really be bum pinching and running away, because mm. I always just You're used to close. see it as, mm, yeah. but the thing is, I just always used to see it as, that's just, ju- that's just juvenile, not even banner, that's just juvenile. Like, why would you, if you guys want to do that and be losers, that's your thing, but that's not for me. But me not even saying anything is still enabling them because to some degree, because I'm just, I'm silent and I'm not even, even me just saying, like, you might acting like kids might make someone think, oh, actually, yeah, maybe I'm acting like a kid. Mm-hmm. Just some form of mm-hmm. disapproval mm-hmm. Um, to show that what you're doing is not on. But because I never really done that, they just thought, oh yeah, banter, woohoo, yeah, running around doing whatever. Um, <coughs> I'll tell you what, the only, the only, what changed when I started checking people and then later on, I realized, actually, I now need to check myself is when I realized it was sexual assault. So that's mm. when I started going to them. Like, what are you doing? Listen, what are you doing? Mm. You're trying to get bent. Mm. And afterwards, I was like, wow, 
I'm trying to preserve sexual assault, like what's going on there and not actually what's happening to the females. That's mm. wrong. Yeah. And I think, but kind of just kind of going um, back, like in terms of the silent bit is where the enablement comes and the perpetuation comes as well. And I just want to add some context to that as well, because off the back of what you were saying, where you can be the calling out in public or you can bring a man to a side, especially amongst black men, like if you call out a man in a situation like that in front of other men, it automatically becomes a dick off. Like it's an ego thing. And in that situation, you have to be prepared to potentially fight a man right there and then. So for me, that's why I've never been that call out a man right there and then, because a lot of the guys that I hang around with that potentially do that kind of thing, it's going to be a fight and you know, it's going to be a fight. Mm -hmm. So me personally, I was always down to fight, but not with my boys. I'd I'd rather not. It was more us against the world kind of mentality. But when you see that, it's like, you either, like you said, call it out there and then, but with doing that, you have to be prepared to fight a man because regardless if you think you're right or wrong, he, he doesn't see the wrong in what he's done. So you're basically coming to him with conflict. And not only that, because you're the only man that's saying something and everyone else around has enabled it, it seems like you're coming directly mm. for him. Mm. So why is it only you calling me out? But all these other five men don't have nothing to say. Mm. Well, because I'm the man that thinks it's wrong, isn't it? And you, know, and you know what they say? Like, yo, Jay, why, why are you acting mad for Why are you me? moving mad? Yeah, what, what, what's wrong to you, bro? Why, you no, mad? bro, you're moving mad. It's like, mm. yeah, but they don't see it that way. What do you mean I'm moving but mad? I feel like mm. And then before you know it, you're yes. in yeah. a conflict with your brethren and then your other brethren are surrounding and then it's a mad situation all because... You thought he done a wrong end, do you know what I mean? Mm. So you it's, thought or you know? Well, you In know, case, you do know, you do know. So my question is, are your are your values worth fighting for? Uh, oh, mine are always worth fighting for, but. In certain situations. But not when it comes to calling out a man when he's doing something to a woman. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying we can either brawl here right now for what, one, you don't see the wrong that you've done. And two, no one else is saying anything about it. So that guy already feels like it's my vendetta against him. And the fact that no one else is saying nothing it's it's now personal. So like I said, regardless if I think I'm right in the situation, mm-hmm. I know now I've got to go to war for this here. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. Sometimes when all the men are out, for example, you don't want to fight a man like when you've been in the club half an hour because you know that's ejection. Then the rest of the men are looking at you like, oh, what's going on? Like, why are you fighting? And then before you know it, you've got a situation with other men mm-hmm. for just the way that you fought. So are you saying this context specific because, you know, various cases was in the workplace and mm. I understand what you mean. Like you don't want to be like the only one out here on the ledge, but also some, but sometimes people are sheep mm. and the same way people kept quiet because no one said something. Sometimes it takes one person to be like, that ain't right for other voices to rally behind that one, that lone voice. So mm. it can work both ways, but mm. my, you know, I don't know, I can't remember who said it, but you know what they say, like, you know, for evil to exist in this world, you just need a few good men to do nothing. Mm. And where does there come a point where you have to stand up to that person? And I understand the whole calling out, 
because obviously you're doing it, I mean, calling in because you're doing it from a conflict resolution point of view. You don't want it to be a dick off. But how, how does that woman who has been humiliated in public in front of these individuals, what resolution is there for her in that moment? And that mm. resolution can be, you know what? I stand with her. I mean, mm. I don't know what your thoughts are, Barry, but that's mm. why I think sometimes we need that affirmation that how we're feeling, the violation we're feeling in a public setting is not okay. And we need to hear that by other voices. I agree. And that's how you become an ally. You mm. have to stand on your sword. I mean, we are nothing but our values. Mm. So agree, do we, so either, we're either 24 <laughs> hours our values or we're part time. So are we genuine, are we genuine people then? I'm not saying you're not, but I'm just, it's and, more of a conversation. And with that as well, obviously comes the growth of a man. Yes. Because I can look back on questionable things I may have done or said towards women. Mm. So I'm not even trying to paint this rosy picture. Like mm. I can look back now as a 36 year old man and look at myself at maybe 22, 23 and say, fuck, you know, I did that or I said that or I moved that kind of way. So it does take growth in a man to see, you know, or even look at yourself and, and see how you used to carry yourself. Mm. And even now in the day that we live in, there's so many titles and brandings, like you don't want to be catching none of them. So really you should be taking extra care to, to make sure you're not breaking any actual laws. But yeah, saying it is one thing and mm. doing it is another. So. Um, I want to ask a quick question. Something you, you touched on about, you know, as a black man, I just wonder from identity of who you are as a person, are you a man first or are you black first? And that's for both of you. Both. One of them has to, what is your, I'll tell you why, because I to remember. Me, I'm a man first. A man first. Okay. Mm. And I asked that because there was a, um, for those who'd watched that Michaela Cole, I May Destroy You, there was like a black guy called Kwame in there. Mm. And, yeah. um, you know, he was gay, but he was like, you know, trying to date a woman and so forth. And there's a bit when she'd said a couple of N words and he weren't bothered. But the minute she said the F word pertaining a dog or two word towards um, people who are gay, he got more offended. And that was a perception of him saying, actually, he's gay. He's, he's leading characteristics is that he's gay first. Mm. Does that make sense? And he's a man se- and he's a black person second. So that's why he wasn't offended with the N word, but he was very offended with the F word. Mm-hmm. And I think for me personally, when I locate myself, I'm black first and I'm a woman second. Do you know what I'm saying? Because of just mm-hmm. how I've experienced the world. And I think when you, have that deep um, introspection about your identity and which one comes more first for you, mm-hmm. it kind of will play up in how maybe you interact with other people. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like I will, I'm mm-hmm. the first, I'm quick to shut down racism. That's the first thing that I will do. But sexism, I'm a Nigerian woman. I grew I was baptized in sexism. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it isn't, I'm not still saying it's not negative and it doesn't bother me. I mean, I've got four brothers. I'm the only girl. So mm-hmm. I, and my mum and dad's obviously still together. So I come from very mandem night, like it, yeah. even to the, to this day, love my, all four of my brothers. But today they'll be like, oh, here's Liz going there, feminist fan. I'm not, I'm not. I'm just saying, wash your plate. I'm not washing it for you. Like, do you know what I mean? So I know I'm very male dominated household, but I feel like that's a second identity to me. My, as opposed to race. So I just wondered that for you guys and how that maybe motivates how you call out sexism in a workplace or in any other area. Um, I mean, do you want to go with that one? Yeah. I mean, for me, I'm, if I had to pick between the two, I'm probably black first. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's probably helped me in a way. Um, cause I suppose 
um, when I, when I think of things, even kind of hearing both of your experiences, I don't get it because statistically I won't have some of the challenges that you guys have, mm. but what, whenever both of you guys talk, um, similar to when we was going through, um, me and white supremacy. Um, and when I was reading that, it was very much focused towards, um, white people. Mm-hmm. So when I was reading, I couldn't get it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just had to flip on his head a little bit and mm. translate it into a language that I could properly understand, yes. i.e. the racism that I feel. Mm-hmm. And even kind of hearing some of the things that both of you guys have said, like I'm, it's coming in here, I'm changing it a little bit and to try and understand it. Mm. Um, and I think in terms of, I think as well, this is why I think a lot of people, I know one thing you said is, like, oh, what do you think? Um, that there are men that are still out there that I think this is okay. Like, yeah. And it's because they just don't truly understand, um, or can compute some of the things, um, that happen to women mm-hmm. and really see, um, like the negative impact. And I think it's because for pe- some people, they have a really, really high threshold of what needs to constitute something like sexual assault or like, unless someone says I got dragged into an alleyway, pinned down and X, Y, Z happened to me. Um, and on top of that, I wasn't wearing a mini skirt or I wasn't looking flirtatious or anything. People don't really understand. Mm. Um, Is it don't understand or don't empathize? Probably a bit of both. Mm. Um, Probably empathy a lot more because I think um, I've heard a a lot of rebuttals for a lot of things saying, oh, but she was leading him on or but she was wearing this. Mm. And it's an empathy thing because I don't understand why, for example, Cause even when you was talking about, I'd probably call my boy in and I was thinking the same thing. And I'd think to myself, like, what would I have to tell my boy to make him understand? I'd probably have to relate it to his mom or his aunt or his sister. Why does it take that? Mm. Um, so why does it take that for you to kind of understand, um, not to treat women that way? Mm. Which is. No, absolutely. Like mm. my brother, he one of my brothers, he has two sons, mm. and he's just like, you know what? God couldn't give me daughters because mm. I'll be scared. I'll be scared. I'll be anxious. I would actually have anxiety attack. But it's again, like you said, they have to relate it to. I have this, so I understand that. So if you don't have yeah. that, do you not understand? Do you not have empathy for the human condition? And mm. that is what frustrates me. Like why people have to have something invested in a particular cause, for instance, for them to understand or really empathize. I don't know. What do you think, Derry? I've like said this to like a guy before, like, you know, I, you know, could it, I could be your sister, I could be your, your, mm. your daughter, whatever. And the guy's just straight up been like, my, my sister or daughter wouldn't behave like that. Mm. I'm like, okay. So, so what am I doing like to, to de- like to deserve that? Like to put it into context, this was like a guy who I met on a dating app who just wanted me to like go straight to his house, like Netflix and chill. We'd literally been talking for about a day. Wow, and he's he like, was on a takeaway thing, baby. Yeah. Boy, he was like, I'll room. come to my house. And I was like, no. And he was like, why? Why, why, why are you being boring? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'm not being boring. I was like, what would you, what would you like say to your sister in this situation mm-hmm. or your daughter? And he was like, Oh, my, my sister or, or my daughter wouldn't be uh, on Tinder, like clearly looking to fuck. I'm like, I'm not looking to mm-hmm. fuck actually, but 
these ones are wild. I see later. No, absolutely. And, and, and that's and the thing, like rabid. Yeah, it's just on a custom out. That's that's the bit. thing. Sometimes you'll even say to a man and try to make them put themselves in that shoes, and it's so ingrained into their head mm. that women are a certain way and are certain women are like toys, for example. Um that it's almost like my women are saints and any other woman is a whore. And that's just the way that some men see it. And I've I've seen it so many times and Madonna it's just really complex. sad. I think it's called the yeah, Madonna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what, sorry? Madonna whore complex. When like men see women as either these virginal people and then mm, there's men. They done Madonna dirty or not. Oh. Well, she like a virgin, isn't it? Like, but, you know, <laughs> she was a feminist in her time. And, um, and then there's the whole like women that are there to fuck. And sometimes we've, I mean, growing up, let's be real, we've heard the narrative, isn't it? The man that wants to skeet, skeet, skeet yeah. on a chick, but then the girl they want to marry is the virginal virgin yeah, yeah, one. Yeah. And that's the Madonna whore complex. But mm. I feel like just going back to your, um, awful scenario that happened, with, um, on, um, on a dating app, um, my um, thing is, I think a lot of men, they have this narrative about women and it comes from, again, the patriarch or keep on saying it, like women are possessions. Even when it goes, my daughter, my, you know, my wife will never act this way. Is that your perception yeah. and power on what's on the individual yeah. and not giving them free agency to be what they are. Maybe your daughter will be out here fucking the biggest man. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like you, you Ten have man to, a day. Yeah, absolutely. Like, absolutely. It's a male gaze on what women are. Like when you think about it, like when we think of say Britney Spears or, um, Christina Aguilera um, when they first started <laughs> it was all like you know what I mean like Virginia but then there's always this you know, I've noticed it a lot with like female singers there's always mm. this phase they come out innocent then they have their sex kitten yeah like sex doll Christina Aguilera dirty on the floor yeah but great album great album was telling yeah. women to do the most mm. still yeah. these times when she had a husband but yeah it is what it is but even, even with so even with Britney Spears she didn't even really start off like fully innocent if you think about it like she was just up in a school uniform yeah school uniform hypersexualized she was a 16 year old girl it was the male oh I'm not saying it was her I'm saying obviously yeah 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 and example that male Mm. gaze again like they Mm. put her what does allegedly all men fantasy a woman in a school uniform and can we just say like for the record that is wild by the way men don't get it stop that please yeah Yeah. wild Yeah, yeah it is but it's, Japan, that. On that but it's not about yeah. it, I think it's about power and I think a lot of patriarchal is about mm. the domination of a woman and how more can you dominate a woman than a girl in a school uniform who is innocent doesn't know and they dominate and that's what it yeah. really is that's what me, about. yeah that's yeah. what I was going to touch on to me that's yeah. always been a creepy fetish mm. like it's mad like especially mm. as a grown man mm. yeah because I've seen this like Stag dudes or whatever, where they might get a stripper in a, a school uniform, even or yeah, fucking it, it, it's mad. And to mm. think that guys forty plus, thirty, whatever, grown men see that as something sexual still to this mm. day is worrying. Yeah, it's very. But worrying. Do, do you know what's the most worried thing? Not even that they're attracted to that. That's just widely accepted. Yeah, that's mm, exactly like, what I was just. That's gonna what say. I was trying yeah, to say. Like, that it's- I, yeah, because even kind of growing up, like I didn't really think much of Britney Spears. Mm. But to be fair, I was in school them times yeah, anyways. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, it wasn't until I was older I was like, "Wait, hang on, mm. nah, this is mad. This yeah. is suspect, mm. suspect." And it's like, what? No one's saying nothing about mm. this. Yeah. What? What? People will this out as a actual video and mm. marketed this. Mm. Wow. 
Like that's the big, big problem. And I think, I can't remember if it's China or Japan, but they have a massive schoolgirl fetish. Yeah. That, that's yeah, their yeah, thing. Just mm, that, I think yeah. it's Japan, yeah. Yeah, and it's just widely accepted. And, it's the norm. Yeah, and I just think, but I think one way we can, you like you said, um, Jerry, about um, it's widely accepted, no one's calling it out. I'm saying calling it out is what we need. We need more males mm. to talk mm. to their gender and say, this is not acceptable. Mm. And because that's not happening, because I think when women do it, it's like, oh, the feminists going on, here yeah. we go, women, women, women. But mm. when a man says it and stands in that truth, like this is unacceptable, I think more men will actually take heed of that. Mm. Mm. I stand by that comment. Like if you're into all of this schoolgirl stuff and you're a big, big man. It it's out. wild. Drop yeah. it out, please. Well, Drop you know, I feel like and they, everyone's into what they're into, innit, man? Just make sure it's consensual. That's just mm. my, yeah. my, my view. Like, my issue is when you're actually not getting your 30 year old girlfriend to do it or get you're looking for a 16 year old yeah. girl to yeah. and do mm. it. And what that's the issue. She wears mm. uniform up to you. So that's where I'm coming from is a man's mindset, like, what, maximum 17, I think? Mm, max. Mm. Yeah, I think it's even 16. 16, yeah. Really. Yeah, because yeah, normally 16, you're going 6'4". Yeah, 6'4". Yeah, that's all day in that dress down. So, <laughs> yeah, the Fuck fact that day. the oldest you can wear a, a uniform yeah. is 16. So yeah. that's where I was coming from mm, before, yeah, is no, that it's... how guys can still order, yeah, I want a, a schoolgirl. But, like, you're thinking about beating a kid. Mm. You're you're a wrong one for that. It is, but then, they, but then they're protected by the law, isn't it? Because if you are 16... You are. I mean, obviously, the woman doing such Mm. is legal age. Yeah. But then still to have those thoughts. Exactly. The mindset of the man that is making that booking saying, I need specifically Mm. a woman dressed in, like, okay, she's legal age, but your real chain of thought is coming from a young girl. Yeah. And that's what never sits right with me. Absolutely. Never will. I would say that there's a um, law, the Sexual Offences Act 2004. It actually um, says that. I was just going to say, Lizzie, you don't disappoint. (laughs) I just know this from my own working, like using this law, like it's mad, but I think it's really interesting. Sexual Offences Act 2004 or 2003, I can't remember which one it is. And it basically says that if you're, um, it's actually illegal for someone in a position of power to have sex with someone who's under 18. Mm. So for instance, if you're working in a karate, like you're the, the sensei, is that they call them in karate? Yeah, yeah. And then you're dealing with 17 year olds and you see a 17 year old, actually, even though technically 16, you it's are, legal, yeah. yeah, it's legal because you're in a position of power. And you've, could have coerced them. Yeah, coerced them. You've used power. So that mm. law actually recognises power as a as a powerful way of um, coercing people in young people, particularly mm. women. Into, well, we had that, yeah. um, that England women's football coach that obviously got sacked for mm. saying things mm. to a female that he thought was acceptable. And he's mm. a manager of yeah. the England national team. So yeah. again, it's, what some guys feel or deem as acceptable and what others don't. It's it's a very fine line. Absolutely. But I feel like we have to also recognise that it isn't just lone individuals doing this. Mm. It's because of the macho and the bro culture that gives them the power to go on mad and Mm. ignorant and not learn. And there's something about how do we, and actually it's not about us no more because women, we've been talking about this for centuries. How do you guys as men break down that macho co- I learned a lot of you know codes within codes a, yeah a group of guys are together it's so like even like you being like 
you know, a relationship guy, mm. whatever, when you're with all your boys, I can guarantee how that would like make a woman feel because guys, when they're all together, it is kind of like that lads, lads, lads culture mm. and like looking at girls mm. and just, yeah, it's just so socially acceptable for, and when a group of guys get together, that is just what, what they're like and what they talk about. Like mm. women, women are objectified mm. like in that, in that group of men.